2: Hello, Wesley E. Henderson. We have Wesley E. Henderson, attorney at law, here to share his wonderful expertise. Uh, some of our best uh, shows at uh, Savvy and Life Unscripted have been with attorneys because people want to know how to protect their businesses, how to keep it safe legally. And, you know, we're not experts in that field of legal, but you are. And you're going to help us with everything from understanding when to go from doing business as uh to llc incorporated as such and maybe some tips on how to navigate this new world after covid business wise welcome wesley
1: christine thanks for having me you got a great audience and a great show i think you said you've been doing this for 10 years That's super cool
2: Yeah, 10 years. And it's funny, we we started Savvy primarily as a means just to meet other business owners because we all have our expertise and we can learn from one another. Um, But it's not only been a great learning experience for myself, but for other business owners out there. And today you gonna help us. Let's get started with one important thing. Just share a little bit about your backstory, how you came into law and opening your practices.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started working, I graduated from law school 2010. So I've been a lawyer over a, a decade. I went and worked for we call it big law. So like a big law firm, uh, has, you know, 25 offices or, you know, whatever. And my now wife fiance at the time, or maybe girlfriend at the time, but I remember telling her, this is, this is not, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I worked, you know, we did like insurance defense, but it was kind of, to me felt like I was just still doing homework. And I, was wow. like, I thought I was done with doing the hard, the kind of meaningless or what felt meaningless stuff. And so anyway, that kind of jolted me. And I worked there for a year and a half. And that jolted me Mm -hmm. on this, what I would call an entrepreneur's journey. I had to look really hard at um, why I didn't like that job. It was very safe. It was very secure. It was, um, you know, a, a comfortable income. I could predict basically the rest of my life had I stuck with it. Um, but it was still very empty and just you know wasn't scratching that sort of internal itch we look for and you know as I started to look with it and I have a you know a brother and uh, we sort of started both uh, and we were in different cities at the time and kind of on different paths but kind of joined together and uh, decided to open our own law firm and he's a little bit older than I am and so uh, we did that. Um, it's been, you know, over seven years now. So we, we, we started it from thin air and, Mm. uh, got to play entrepreneur a little bit. You know, a lot of lawyers you'll see have their own shop, but usually Mm. they start at the big place and they move their clients over. Mm. And it's sort of like being a business owner, but it's not, you know, we really bootstrapped it, Mm. you know, started with a, you know, a lap, same laptop we had. And, and, uh, down our way. Now we've got uh, ten, you know, ten or eleven people in our firm. We've got a good, uh, you know, boutique thing that's had its ups and downs. And so we, mm-hmm. we really get the the in and outs of running the business and how to get it started. And then also, mm-hmm. you know, we're in the middle of a little bit of a, a growth phase right now that we're still mm-hmm. learning and, and enjoying that uh, phase as well. So that's kind of how I got to be here. And it was, I tell people, leaving that job is really the. It wasn't really choosing to be the lawyer. That was the most significant. I think it was leaving that job and starting this firm with my brother that was really the career changer, the one that I was able to really focus on mm-hmm. uh, running a law firm where I'm working day to day with business owners. So I have clients that I really enjoy working with and mm-hmm. I get to know they're my friends and I get to help. And mm-hmm. um, it, it became a very rewarding career, whereas it was it mm-hmm. was uh, very empty Feeling for me personally, there you know it's great for a lot of people. So that was kind of my uh moment, the you know career changing moment, you know for me personally. And then we've also, you know, as, as as you know, we've started another company to to help entrepreneurs. You know, we've been through the path. I'm a business lawyer. I've helped hundreds of businesses, and from LLCs to lawsuits and all the other you know fun stuff you run into. So we started a you know a website that is basically targeted right at you know. People who need an LLC and need really good templates but don't want to pay the, the lawyer, you know, exorbitant hourly rates that it feels like they are at, at the time you're starting um, yeah. a business. So, you know, we, we've got a lot of entrepreneur itches that we're scratching.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting when you're getting started, everything is kind of over uh, a little overpriced. Mm-hmm. But it's important to know how to use your 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 whatever funding you do have. Um properly. So you're not spending money on things that are not benefiting you growing because I, I did a number of ads and big papers getting started that were a complete waste of money and realizing that what worked for a business of say 25 people, five people, or a hundred people are not going to work for, you know, doing business as getting started day one, perhaps. So Right. With that one thing
1: bad, I always hear like, is that, you know, it's like, it's hard to spend money on something when you don't have anything really to protect. You might not have a a brand or a client or or anything like that, and I understand that sentiment. So, uh, you know, we talk people people through that uh, usually on the drafted legal. That's the name of this other business side, more so than when people call in a law firm. They usually know they want to, you know, hire a lawyer and, and spend on that.
2: Yeah. Well, we we talked a little bit just before the interview about some of the templated uh, law things like Zoom out there that exist. You can and I we did that here. We downloaded a, a template for contract for our clients, but this is better because you work one on one with clients to customize so they have a legal and it's done by lawyers like yourself and people on your on your team. So now it is strategic and this is very important. I, I don't know if you've had uh, stories like this with your past clients, but I've heard of people I've worked with business owners who have been burned because they, yeah, I don't need a lawyer. I'll wing this myself. And they wrote this contract that later on, they got burned by partner Lee. They go into and lose a slew of money because they didn't go to hire that attorney. So, you know, do you want to pay on the front end or very expensively on the back end?
1: Yeah, it's kind of the education of being a business owner. We always tell people, you either learn it by learning it on the front end, or, you know, we'll have people call and they'll, you know, you can hear it in their voice. You don't have to Convince them of anything. They've already been through that hardship, uh, whether it's with their business partner or with a client. They they want to do preventative uh, care or maintenance, you know, legal preventative things. Set it up the right way. Uh, touching on those templates. So you know, the the way we've attacked it is that we started off selling these uh, from our law firm. It's now totally separate. So it's not like you're hiring a lawyer, but it all started with. Um, industries that we'd worked with the clients that we would take someone like a consultant, and mm-hmm. let's say we created their website policy and their privacy policy, their client agreement, an employment agreement, like an independent contractor agreement to make sure clients aren't their clients aren't getting poached mm-hmm. from people, you know, they're using. And so we would use that as the basis and write it and dial it back a little bit, less uh, customized to from that person but more generally applicable. So it was an industry that we got to know and learn about. Mm -hmm. And so that way you're starting in a place where it's tailored to your industry, which is a, you know, when we first started, it was something I didn't realize how significant it was. But Mm -hmm. uh, when you're writing a contract for a client, you got to know that industry extremely well Mm -hmm. to be able to protect them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very, sometimes you'll see the ones out there, they'll have a different name. It'll say consultant. uh, Mm -hmm you know, uh, client agreement or something, but it it says the same thing as the other ones. It's just different at the top virtually. So these are all very tailored to the industry so that it can protect it. And then we've got like videos in there. I I always think it's really important to understand what it says in there. Like you mentioned, you just download something online and some of it's good and some of it's horrible, but it's hard to know what's what. So let's say you've got a, you know, an agreement that has eight outlandish clauses that you don't follow well, it kind of waters down the, you know, we call it like the integrity of the document. Well, if you're only following like four clauses and not the other eight and you want to go enforce clause number three, well, they're going to say, well, what about the other eight? How did we know that this is the one? So we think it's really important. We do a lot of education in our, te- you know, our templates have a PDF that explains them in a video for people to know what it is and know what it says, it doesn't, it's not written like a bunch of junk that a lot of lawyers have. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you pay this amount, I do this, you do this. This is what happens if we don't get along. That's how you cancel it and tries to be really straightforward. Because when it's straightforward,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's like, how can someone back out of it? How can you say, oh, you don't, I don't owe you this money or mm-hmm. this wasn't due until mm-hmm. October. It's like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. written right here. It's very, quite clear.
2: And, you know, Wesley, I love this because uh, one thing I realized from reading a lot of legal documents, I work with a couple of clients that have, you know, a slew of documents and I I work doing their AR um, handling. And uh, sometimes it it is very, you know, like 15, 20 pages of what? Mm -hmm. Uh Do you do all this stuff? Um, But yeah, that makes sense. Why have all this stuff that really doesn't pertain to your business and what you do on a day to day basis? Because most people, what I find, aren't even reading the fine print. And then later on, it gets Mm -hmm. sticky for both sides to try to fight out what's what. Um so let, let's make it as clear as possible. Why do you think sometimes with regard to law that things are sort of kind of well for me it seems a bit convoluted and difficult. I'll tell you moment.
1: why I think it is. I don't know if this is true or not. I think there's a couple things. It's one uh there's so many different scenarios that can jump up on you know and, and a lawyer is hired to go protect the, you know, the business owner. So it's, you're going to see a bunch of commas in a sentence and you're going to see every single thing. And then, you know, they write that one and then something new jumps Mm -hmm. up. For example, look at what um, COVID's done to force majeures, Uh you know, those sort of like, you know, canceled, you know, act of God sort of clauses. You know, we we represent some clients who host weddings. I'm in Mm. Charleston, South Carolina, and that became a, huge point of contention. Lots of money on the line, lots of people. And so those got to focus like they've never gotten before. And who thought of global pandemic in this? So you can see how Mm -hmm. trying to do every eventuality. So the lawyer's being paid to protect this person. So they use lots and lots of words. And here's the other problem is that Mm -hmm. lawyers will use what has already been used rather than write it in plain language. Mm -hmm. And that is just like probably a confidence, nervousness, or safety thing. There's a lot of reason for it. As oh, a court, a, you know, uh, the court upheld this clause this way. So I'm going to use it over President. and over and over again.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, people get a little more nervous. I tend to think that the plain language, uh, mm-hmm. there's times, you know, for the, you know, the legalese, as they call it, but our drafted legal stuff is all pretty plain language because my, mm-hmm pitch is that our goal is not to trick anybody into anything. It's just to make it real clear. Like, Hey, I'm doing this. You're doing that. We got a deal. Let's shake hands. Yes, let's go. And so yes, it all it gets is. a little watered down. And so, you know, we've always preached to our clients, like mm-hmm. law firm clients, you're best off with a very fair deal taken head on. Let's, yeah. let's nail everything down. Let's get it. Cause you want a good deal, because it makes a good relationship with whoever you're working with, whether it's a, you know, a vendor or a client or an employee. You know, if you ever have a deal where it's one side's getting railroad and they don't know it, I'm like, this is going to go s- south so fast as soon yeah. as they realize it. So you want to be, fi- you know, you want to have good, solid agreements that mm-hmm. protect you. But, you, you know, you want to set it up where you're both genuinely, they call it a meeting of the minds, quote, yeah. meeting of the minds. You want that. And so we try to, you know, do that. And when you do, you you know, that to me is preventative legal. You know, it's how it should be. You mm-hmm. know, And then you invite mm-hmm. lawyers into it and it makes it all convoluted. Um, but we try to make it be that thing. You know, um, of course, we we put protocols in there so that yeah. if the other party is not doing what they're supposed to, it makes it we easy it. on us. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the thing, you know, with the, what you're realizing is that signed contract today with a client, you hope to be an ongoing client that renews every single year or if whatever your contract, every two years or whatever it is. You want it to auto renew or keep renewing and to bring back clients and bring back return uh, hearsay where they tell their, their neighbors and stuff to come on board. They're awesome. But you're not going to get that if you railroad them. So it doesn't behoove anyone to do a little, you know. What do you, a little playing in the, in the, um, yeah,
1: or sneak like a, you'll see like a liquidated damages, which is like, oh, you can't, you know, like Comcast or whatever the cable companies do. It'll, you cancel this contract. You got to pay us everything forever, you know, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So you just want to have it where, you know, it's responsive to the actual cause damage that it causes. So, you know, if I didn't take on clients for these number of months expecting us to work together and then you leave, well, then obviously it does cause some damage, Yeah. but we want it to be responsive to that. You don't want it to be necessarily overly punitive. They get, uh, yeah stricken down if, if they are, but you just want to respond it's like, and you can explain that to them. I think it's is why I like clients to know what's in their agreements and mm-hmm. that way they get asked about it and they say, oh, well, that's just, you know, if, if you cancel it, I just need time to find someone else, fill your spot. I would have given up opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, basic opportunity cost type of uh, explanation. Yeah. And people get that.
2: Yeah. We'll get they, that. You know, everyone wants to be fair. They don't want to diss anyone, but they feel yeah. that they've been disrespected or, or, you know, taken advantage of. Now, let's let's go talk about what's going on now, lately. It's been really bizarre. You just mentioned a little bit about, you know, the pandemic affecting, you know, restaurants or or event spaces. Uh, you work with a lot of restaurant restaurants restauranteurs <laughs> how has how have you helped your clients navigate this kind of weird new world and and what's some of the situations to look out for and how they can protect themselves in, in situations like this very rare crisis that we've had the yeah it's
1: um you know they call it the novel uh coronavirus so it, it kind of no. legally gives you some <laughs> level of protection when people talk about liability because nobody knows. Now we're learning a lot more, obviously, mm-hmm. but early on nobody knew what it was doing or what to do. So um, it's just a, a brand new world, but it's, you know, uh, caused a lot of tension we've seen with a couple different types of relationships. We've seen a lot of uh, business owners have a little more tension with each other. So that's really testing, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who are working together, obviously, if you don't have like an operating agreement, that's real clear on who owns what and Mm -hmm. how you make decisions. Uh, A lot of that is communication. You know, this is a, it is very stressful. So when things get stressful, you'll see um, people turn a little bit, a little more, you know, everybody's just a little more tightly wound. So we've seen that sort of show itself in Otherwise, what would probably be good relationships. So they're having less money. In terms of the employee situation, that's, you know, pretty well, uh, you know, seen in the labor shortages. We've seen uh, we're, we're a very big tourist town, uh, tourist destination town here in Charleston. We've seen restaurants, you know, a, a hospitality group that owns like seven restaurants. They just closed down for an entire day because they couldn't get um, employees to come. Uh-huh. so you know the there's no major legal trick that i've seen that that does anything we just really encourage our clients to communicate very clearly mm-hmm. with their employees about everything that's going on and i always tell them you want your employees to know that you're looking out for them mm-hmm. that you have that you're taking you know whether it's issues with other employees i had one earlier this week where there was a uh someone came for a job interview and there was a, a person started a altercation, physical altercation. So we walked through different ways. I think some of that may have happened anyway, but there are certainly just you see a little bit more of these incidents mm-hmm. happening. And so we talked it through and I said, you just want to make sure that your employees know that you're protecting them. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we took some, you know, some steps to let them know that, you know, uh, we try to be getting a restraining, you know, just making sure they know we're taking we're doing this, this, and this, get a restraining order, uh, you know, alert anyone, you know, telling people what to do exactly if they saw this individual come back. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, so it, it's, you know, uh, been very difficult. We've had a couple of scenarios where we're trying, you know, we'll have people are more willing to, I think, walk off the job in some of the retail lower wage um, positions. And I, you know,
2: Can you explain why you think that might be happening? What's up with that?
1: I don't know, because
2: I've seen that. Just Your we, guess is,
1: yeah. We, I had a client who runs a retail, like, uh, um, like a um, ice cream and coffee shops. Mm-hmm. So they're working weekend hours, and there's a, yeah. a younger employee, and just, um, you know, Friday afternoon had shifts all weekend. So obviously, everybody's got to, uh, you know, uh, run all around. Uh, so she was looking at options. And uh, there aren't, you know, unless you sign someone up on an employment contract,
0: mm.
1: you know, she was, and people always call me wanting to withhold wages unless they do mm. this and this, which you can't do. Oh, wow. Um, if it's under the, you know, federal uh, Fair Labor Standards Act. So if someone works, you got to pay them for it. Wow. You know, hourly workers, this is the minimum wage and overtime stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so even someone, if they
2: just to say, if someone's working for you and they don't give you notice and they just walk off, you still got to pay them.
1: Yeah. Right. So the the like two week thing is more of a a manners culture thing that, that has been ingrained and it's helpful and it's good and it's polite and it's being a good employee. But there's nothing to it in most states. Now I'm speaking a little generally. Most mm-hmm. states are what's called at will. So South Carolina is at will. So mm-hmm. the employer can terminate the employee for any reason, as long as it's not illegal. Likewise, the uh, employee can leave at any time. Now, of course, you you can have an employment contract, you know, like a NFL player or a cardiologist or, you know, you'll see them, um, but somewhat rarely, uh, you know, sign into to actual contracts. That, that changes that mm-hmm. scenario. But most of the time, your hourly workers are just working at will, and so they can leave whenever they want. So it's really a culture, you know, you're seeing employers have to kind of win over employees a lot more because everyone's willing to leave. You also had the, you know, the unemployment there, which which created a different type of safety net than Mm -hmm. has ever been in the marketplace before. So it made the cost of walking off a job and it was also not investigated the same way. So Mm -hmm. typically, you know, in our state and and a lot of others, if so, if someone pays goes and collects unemployment, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, they usually can't do that if they were terminated, let's say for being late, you know, a four mm-hmm. cause thing. Mm-hmm. And then when someone does get unemployment it makes your unemployment insurance go up, so it can be quite costly, not, not horribly, but it does, you know, add another cost. So most employers will fight mm-hmm. it if someone got, you know, mm-hmm. they, they'll fight it if it's worth, worth fighting saying like, no, no, uh, we, you know, there's, This wasn't laid off. We actually terminated this person because they were nasty to an employee, you know, to a customer or something like that. So during this, the pandemic, they kind of suspended all the raising of rates, at least in our Mm -hmm. state. So nobody was put investigating it. They didn't have the time. They were doing all the unemployment. So I think everything was just easier. It was like easy. You know, the walking off the job didn't matter as much. You went from, Mm. you know. X dollars to not zero, but, you know, still some. So yeah. I think that obviously had something to do with it. Uh, who, who, Whose guess? I don't know what the other forces are there, but, you know, I think it's, we always encourage people again, the communication side of it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a persuasion game. It's, mm-hmm. you you know, just say we want, we're a good place to work. You know, we do it here. We, you know, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of other law firms here. It's, you know, we want to be a good place to work. We want to treat our you know, employees fairly, and uh, you know, yeah. I, you know, I'd like to hear what you've seen from it as well. I'm always trying to figure it out.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I've heard a number of uh, a downturn of people trying to find workers, good workers. It's just so hard to fill spots. Um, so I think you're right. I think some of the unemployment or ease of getting unemployment, which I didn't know was that much easier. I didn't know they were cutting the investigation of where you fired how did this come about uh if people realize they can get some income as opposed to being homeless tomorrow and of course in some states even the freeze of rents i could see why well you know i don't have to pay rent and i yeah that's
1: true that's i have true food on less. the table
2: yeah but now that we're gonna have to end here soon we have about three more minutes but i would like you to just share with our audience if you are doing business as a company you know a sole proprietor when's a good time to switch over to an llc or inc and what does that mean um um, for small businesses,
1: getting started. yeah, I'll do it real quick for you. Um, so I would say as soon as you're taking your your uh, business uh, seriously as its own as its own thing. So what the LLC does is it provides a separate legal protection, personal liability protection. So mm-hmm. the things that you own are off the table if you owe a debt under the business, or someone slips and falls in your store, or they buy your product online and get injured. Any of those sort of lawsuits it provides that extra protection from you. So we say the earlier, the better on it. And the reason is it's a really good bang for your buck. It's not a uh, an expensive endeavor, except for in some states. Like uh, even California's brought it down, but they're really high. It's like 800 bucks a year. But like if you take South Carolina or most states, Wyoming's really good, Delaware, Nevada, all these, you know, probably you, you want to do it in the state where you live and are, are running your business. But ours is $125 and you never pay anything else again. So it's just a one-time, you know, you, you pay a lawyer to do it, it'll be more. You use our drafted legal service, it's $197 and it gets, you know, the other goodies with it with, you know, operating agreements or whatever. But it's not a horrible expense. It's a really, really good bang for your buck to go ahead. We also think that it, it kind of sends the message. It's like a mindset shift. Hmm. It's like, hey, this is, I'm doing oh, really? this. This is a real business. I mean, that's for people who are really yeah. debating on like, where am I going to take the leap or not? Like if you want to take a leap, this is a good moment to take yourself seriously. And you you show that to clients. It's a professional and You say, look, I'm the real deal. Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, dot my I's, I cross my T's mm-hmm. and it it puts a really good uh, foot forward. So we think it, you know, ha- has a like mindset shift that, that mm-hmm. you signal to clients. It kind of is a, you, know, you you adopt that sort of confidence of being a real business and take yourself, you know, seriously in that way.
2: That's great. Well, I'm glad you were able to give that feedback. Now, what's the difference between LLC and INC? When, you know, when would you use one or the other?
1: Yeah, so um, INC, that'd be a corporation, like a traditional corporation. You can usually go from an LLC to a corporation. The, you know, corporations are, I bet in our law firm, we're 95% LLCs, even with bigger businesses. You know, corporation would be if you're looking for investors for sure. Mm-hmm. You know they want to know that they have certain protections. They usually want to see you in a certain state where they know the laws, so they know what type of protections they have as a shareholder. Uh, and you're competing for investors. If you want to change ownership easily, you know people trade shares and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, anyone who's early in a business, otherwise, is going to be fine doing an LLC because you can convert from an LLC to a corporation. Um, there's plenty of places that will make it more complicated than that for you. But I think that's that's awesome, perfectly uh, good.
2: Yeah, we should have you back for taxes season and see how we could. Uh, do, you, do you work at all with taxes? No, we, we don't you? do
1: tax. We will work with, um, you know, a, a client CPA or accountant, but we yeah. don't. Um, that's out of our.
2: That's one of, uh, one of our, the questions uh, we get a lot about too, legally. Yeah, but yeah it's been great. Uh, uh, Wesley E. Henderson, having you here today to show your great expertise in law for our, our business owners out there. I thank you so much for coming today to Life Unscripted Radio Savvy Broadcasting Series. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You betcha. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at
0: Com.